Hey, welcome back to Tip and Tell. So we're doing things differently. We recorded five episodes. We released them. All were recorded in 2019, all pre-COVID-19, all pre-the world exploding, for better or for worse. All recorded at a place called Mana Contemporary in Jersey City, where I was an artist in resident. I'm still on ish borrowed time, so I'm a part of that community. But I'm here to keep it real, transparent. We're taking it in a bit of a different direction. The next episodes are mostly with my friends and also with you. Reach out. If you love this show, if you're an emerging artist, if you know people that should be on this show, let me know. Like, comment, share. This is a community. This is a space where we all welcome one another and we welcome the broad variety of opinions and artists and mediums. Why the name? Tip and Tell is a device that's slapped onto the outside of a crate, usually of super expensive artwork. So when it's getting moved to a museum or a gallery, if you toss it, if you jostle it, if you tip it, it will tell. This is an ode to all the laborers of the art world. The art handlers, the assistants, the studio managers, the people that make this art world go round. Also, why the apostrophe at the end of the end? Dun, dun, dun. Grammatically, it's fine. Intentionally, no. It is what it is. We're keeping it trademark. I don't have the money. I know if you have the money and you want me to make that apostrophe in the right space for your eye, it's not technically wrong, so I'm not going to change it. So welcome to Tip and Tell with the wacky, wacky, wacky apostrophe. Tip and Tell for our purposes is tipping the conversation out of the elite, whatever you want to call the elite, the rich, the educated, the uber-educated, the uber-educated because you're rich. Whatever you want the bubble to be, we're going to pop it. And we're here to tell you what the art world is from emerging artists, from you, from me. I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm still an emerging artist. This world found me. I didn't choose it. So I'm here to be on this journey with you. I was Dorothea Rockburn's studio manager, who is a total legend, total badass, really made it possible for me to thrive and succeed. And she really helped me realize I was an artist. I didn't take that job because I was trying to climb up the social ladder of artists. And I didn't start this podcast because I'm trying to build a network. I'm just trying to build a conversation. And I want you to be a part of it. So welcome to Tip and Tell. Who knew how much sounds a mouth make? I did. Cutting. Hey, welcome to Tip and Tell, baby. A casual conversation with professional artists. I'm your host, Sid Williams. Ian Eckstein. Yes, Sydney Williams. We're at episode six. I don't know. The last five episodes were recorded at Mana Contemporary, Jersey City, pre-COVID 2019 recordings. I'm gonna start over. I sound really whistly. You should. I don't. I don't understand why you just talk like a human. <laughs> I'm gonna talk like a human. All right. How about this, Sid? I got a little nervous. I Sid, just got a little nervous how about, again. How about you? You tell our 12 listeners where we are. <laughs> and, yeah. And maybe why we're here. Okay. I am in Ian Eckstein's basement in Livingston, New Jersey. You could talk to me, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I on. am right here. I'm nervous. I this don't know why. Fun. Yeah, it is fun. <laughs> Welcome back to Tip and Tail, baby. I'm starting over. It's okay. I'm sorry I made that face. I'm so sorry. Don't look at me. I'm not going to look at you. Okay. Welcome back. I'm here with Ian Eckstein, our notorious sound guy. Yay. Yay. Hello. It's Hello. so nice being here in my own house with you. <laughs> yes. So we are out of Mana Contemporary. I don't know what that sound was. What sound? It was like a... It's probably your stomach. 
Hmm. <laughs> are you? Are we hungry? No. Is not it snack yet. time? No, it's not snack time. Okay. All right. We are in Livingston, New Jersey, and we are. you are, you know, not behind the scene, but you know, right six feet away from me. I know. Now I'm, I am the scene. You are the scene, indeed. Yes. So as I entered into the world as a practicing artist, I realized that my vocabulary was more about the thoughts rattling around in my head, and I wanted to talk to other artists and gain a better understanding of vocabulary across all mediums. So I called up Ian, and I've known Ian for over 10 years. Uh, we went to high school together, both born and bred Jersey folk. Woo. Woo, woo, represent. Um, and I just called him up. I said, Ian, are you interested in talking to a bunch of artists and seeing if artists are talking to each other, how they're sharing their work and how the world is moving forward, period. So I welcome Ian Eckstein. What up, Sid? What up, what up? Thank you for thank you for being the ultimate sound guy and oh, also a sound artist. And I want to hear a little bit more about your background. I kind of always played music and played instruments and always gravitated towards sound. When I, I mean, in elementary school, I was constantly, even today, constantly banging on services, tapping on desks, um, really trying to work out as many different sounds as I possibly could. It also gave me something to do, like when I was sitting in class and was bored, I just like, you know, would would feel a beat, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would just kind of like work it out on the desk and I'd use different areas of the desks uh, to produce different textures and sounds, I guess. You went to Riker Hill? No, I went to Harrison. Oh, these are our elementary schools, but either way. We had an assembly, like the jazz band from the middle school came and played, and they played uh, Louie Louie. You know, that sounds like dun, yeah, dun, dun, yeah, yeah, yeah. dun, dun. Yeah. So um, I remember after the assembly, I was like back in the classroom. I had Louie Louie happening in my brain, like on loop. And I would just like try to play the drum beat on the desk. Like, I, I always wanted a drum set, always. I have one now, but. We're sitting next to a drum set. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm hyperactive attention deficit just i needed to do something with my hands a doctor once said that you know that when i was little she was like well you got a lot of energy in your hands and that's why you tap i was like all right makes sense checks Um, out so i was constantly tapping on surfaces and like i think that's my first instance of uh you know making noise and hearing sound and kind of yeah, marinating that relationship a bit deeper. Yeah, I'd say it was my first exploration in... Um, a lifelong pursuit? Yeah, audio. All right, where did you go to school, and did you go to school for sound? I went to Quinnipiac University. I did not go specifically for sound. My major was film, television, and interactive media. My favorite thing to do ever, like growing up, was to watch TV after school. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of my outlet. Um, so when I was in college, I kind of felt like the right avenue for me was to get into film or television or I don't know working in that vein I didn't really know exactly what until my senior year school where I took on the role of doing audio for my film group's senior thesis and that's kind of really where I got into like the technical side of recording audio like I had not really known much about that I was making beats in college and using like Logic Pro which is a a DAW and a DAW uh, is a digital audio workspace DAW so I had a little bit of an understanding of how that stuff worked I kind of wanted to do camera stuff as well Um, but 
all the camera positions were always being taken up by people who had more experience doing camera. And I, no one ever wanted to do audio. Um, so you're like, perfect. I love hearing. Put yeah. me in coach. Yes. I saw that no one was taking it. No one was ever taking those roles in like the film club that I was in when we were making productions. And when I finally, I, the first time I boom operated, I was like, oh, wow. I was like, you're really in the scene with an actor and the director and the camera person. It's just another, like it, it hadn't occurred to me how vital sound is for a production until that moment. Like I was able to understand the importance of capturing quality audio. Nice. And fast forward to after college, how did you get into the professional sound world? Okay. It literally happened the day I graduated college. So big day, huge day. Um, the day I graduated me, my longtime girlfriend, Kara Yanako. Um, <laughs> Shout out, Kara. Three years as of yesterday, which today is May 26, 2020. Unreal. Um, her roommate, Summer Rosinski, a filmmaker, a costume lady, she, she works in the industry. Um, she had written a short film called Boy in the High Window, um, and they needed a sound person. Uh, so while I was working on my thesis... Someone we had worked with was like, hey, I'm, I'm shooting uh, this short project. Um, you seem to know what you're doing in terms of audio. Do you want me to tell Summer? And I was like, sure. So I got on the project. So that was like my first real experience. It was great. It was two weeks. We shot in Sag Harbor on Long Island and uh, in the town of Hampton where we went to college. And I guess that was my first entry point into like production location recording for films can you view that online anywhere uh yeah it's it's on vimeo okay um but we'll like i don't know we'll drop a link or something yeah yeah we'll figure it out um it's really good it won best short at coney island film festival in 20 2018 september 6th 2018 don't break anything we're getting this all appraised some of this Shit might be worth something. What did I just say? Jack, calm down. So that's really great. Yeah. It also Congratulations. I, thank you. It also helped me get many gigs. So after that, it kind of is a snowballing effect into freelance gigs. Freelance, for me, at least when you're starting out, and I'm pretty sure with everyone else, it's like you can work one job for maybe two weeks, if you're lucky, and then not do anything for like, in my case, it, I think it was like a month and a half until I, uh, Summer reached out to me and was like, hey, there's this movie shooting in Comac, which is her hometown in, on Long Island. Um, and they're looking for a sound person. Do you want me to put you in touch? I was like, great. So that was like my second So thing. you just had a series of, you did a good job, someone recommended you. Yeah. And that's <laughs> been your entire kind of career as I understand I think so. it. Yeah, and, and similar to other sound mixers. And, okay. Or any freelance person. Like, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, um, totally. And back then, it's like, I, I, I mean, I feel that I still have so much to learn in terms mm -hmm. of the craft, um, as well as, like, you know, recording and just recording what you want to actually capture. But, I, I mean, I remember working on that second gig, which was, like, two weeks. It was, like, or more. It was, like, 15 days of just grueling a sweaty, hot summer filmmaking, which was still to this day probably my favorite project I've worked on. 
I just remember thinking at the end of every day, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, like anything, recording audio is just another lifelong practice that you can, you can never be, you know, I feel like it's impossible to be the best at it. I think sound is kind of that ephemeral medium because you can't really touch it or right. hold it or look at it. Right. It's, it's so weird. you don't really know how much it impacts you until it's there or not there. Right. It's like it's the, the goal is for it to not be noticeable. I guess that's where the art, the craft, the artistic side mm-hmm. of audio comes in is like, but excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if you can produce, you know, a mix that leaves the viewer not noticing it that's the goal i feel like that's what most people are trying to obtain in yeah. terms of film or, and i don't even think you realize how many sounds you hear a day yeah layers the world the world sound is just layers existing in certain frequencies um that's constantly happening and if you actively listen for it you won't be able to unhear it mm, <laughs> a blessing and a curse for sure I'm influenced by every, like, when I walk down the street, I'm just like, huh. Influenced by footsteps. Just like I, I'm constantly listening to the world around me. Uh, do you think your relationship with birds is primarily because of sound? Oh. Also, if you, I mean, you won't know this unless you're my mother or my boyfriend. Let's rephrase somehow. Yeah, let's, we're going to, um, we're going to rephrase. Ask me, question. like. Ian is an avid bird watcher. No, no, listener. don't say it. Don't Ian's say it like that. obsessed with birds. Ask me what my favorite sound is. What's your favorite sound? I love the sound of birds. Um, and I also just love birds. Should we cut it there? I'm just joking. No. Keep going. I'm going, I'm going on this <laughs> rant and you're coming with me. Uh, I currently love birds. What birds do is they, you know, the male, the male bird comes to town, establishes territory by singing, by producing sound. They're like one of the, I mean, I don't know. They just have, they have a language. I, like, all right, this is absurd, but I was, there's a type of bird called a gray cat bird. Super common. Most people probably have them in their backyards on the East Coast. Um, it replicates birds in your area. So it's like this one bird is producing like, I don't know the exact number, but like four or five different calls from other birds in the area, as well as like its own. It throws its own in there. Is it just trying to fuck with the other birds? I don't really know what it does, but it's mimicking these other birds for a reason. And I was watching this bird do its thing. And when it was done, I like applauded it. (laughs) I was like, that was amazing. I don't know, I, I really like bird calls. I believe, and I haven't done any research to back this up, but I believe that a lot of them are used to make uh, like monster sounds. Or, or or if they're used in sound design, not only for bird calls, um, they're just like super versatile. I mean, you're not even calling yourself an artist yet, but you're pursuing your craft. I'm definitely pursuing my craft. You know, I feel like an artist is someone who really understands the structure and the background of their craft. I feel like what I do is more technical. I'm more of like a technician. Um, but you know, as as I keep learning this craft and learning fundamentals about it, there's always room for improv and artistry. So I think in time, when I look back at my body of work, I'll be able to be like, oh wow, I've, I've learned so much. Um, and then maybe I'll consider myself a sound artist. 
but I, as of this moment, I would consider myself more of like a technician. I definitely consider him a sound artist. He has done the sound design <laughs> mix of um, my short film on the Lego Not the Giggle. The following morning, a light glowed in the distance. Skipping towards the light, they looked down to find a raging river below. Peering down, they noticed a rope ladder hovering above a single stone, peeking above the splashing water below. They climbed down, hand in hand, leaping into the river. The current carried them to the calm sea. They were safe, they were together, they giggled in celebration and wiggled like fish. And not only does he do the sound of this show, but his ability to, you know, place an air conditioning unit or a siren or even things that you just don't think about are, that's art. We talk on the phone, what, 11 times a day? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> and every time, you know, you're listening to birds or you're listening to sounds and your relationship to a sense is completely engulfed in a different way that other people look at it. Um, so I really appreciate how you see the world. It helps me see the world differently. You can't see this, but I am blushing. Oh. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yeah, that yeah. Means, that means that's nice to hear, to be honest. It's, you know, every time someone says something like that, um, there's a part of my, there's a part of me that's like, oh, maybe like I am slightly an artist. I don't know. It's, I think it's like. It's a complicated relationship. Yeah. It's, it's not like, I'd say that I got into audio more as a means of like, wor like work. Mm-hmm. And being like, this is what I want my career to be. But, you know, through that, through learning the craft, I've gone on and done more things just for fun, just to make stuff. This is this project was something like that. Yeah, I called, what, a, a, over a year ago now. Was it really? I, what month are we in? Maybe it's a little bit less than No, it was a little less than a year ago. It was last summer I called you up and I said, hey, I have an idea. You want to get involved, and you were like, tell me more. I think we started doing this. We started, like, actually in recording fall. in October, November. Of 2019. Yeah. Totally. And I didn't consider myself necessarily an artist. Oh, yeah. Um, really at all. It you... was just people yelled at me. <laughs> and then I had to quit all of my paying jobs and completely be this codependent human being on my parents and my boyfriend for food and shelter to be like, oh, maybe I am an artist. Ditto. You know, and I had Dorothea Rockburn yelling at me in her studio saying, are you kidding? You're a fucking artist. She wouldn't like that. She wouldn't like that I used fucking, but it's true. <laughs> uh, you said in one of the interviews once, I forgot who it was with, um, you're like, I've always been a painter, but I've, I'm just learning how to be an artist. Definitely, because there is that whole element of, I don't know how to gouache paint. I don't know how to really use oils am I an artist until I've mastered all the techniques of painting or you know at what point do you call yourself mm -hmm. what you are and I think it took me a long time to realize that I am my life is run by a factor that I can't necessarily control mm -hmm. it is like I, I if I like it or not I'm an artist mm -hmm. and like it or not here I come when can you like call yourself an artist and I wonder if most people call themselves artists after someone else is like, oh, my God, you're an artist. Definitely. That Dorothea Rockburn calling me an artist Valid helped me. It, like, validated you, your For sure. creativity, creative For sure. output. 
because I just didn't know that this was possible. And I didn't know that you could truly honor your voice and yourself in this way. Um, and this is also why this podcast started. I wanted to know what other artists were thinking, feeling. I wanted a vocabulary. I wanted to be a part of a culture. I didn't want to talk to myself. I didn't want to call myself an artist, lock myself in a room, and have that be the last hurrah. So I called you, who I definitely knew. I mean, we've been friends since high school, and you've always played instruments. You've always had this compulsion of sound that's been intriguing. You've al We've always been on the same kind of vibe of exploration for the sake of art, whether that's visual or sound. Mm -hmm. um, Doing something because I felt like I like that I had to. Yeah. Has social media changed sound? I think for a lot of the content being produced today, when there's a high demand of something, quality usually goes down, I feel. It's like when you want a lot of something, you're not always going to be able to keep up with the quality. Like Ferrari, for example. Like mm -hmm. all of their cars are handmade, I think. I'm not sure. But mo that's from my understanding is that most of their cars are handmade and they're not mass produced. That's what makes them like the pinnacle of car design and car detail. Audio, I guess, is, can be the same way. When you have a lot of this digital content and not a very high budget, you're getting like just audio tracks or, or some people just get audio tracks and throw it onto their video and then put it out into the world and don't send it off to an audio mixer, let alone someone who's going to master it and make it as best as possible. It's like, that's very specialized and it takes money to do that, which I guess if you're just a small content person or you're a meme person. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what a meme is before do people you, that do you, don't know what a oh meme my God. is? I know what a meme is, but uh, all right, so I don't know if my grandma knows what a meme is. is okay, so for, And she's probably one of our 12 listeners. <laughs> you're right. So for for Sid's grandmother, a meme, um, will you, I, I need to like look up the definition. I, from what, I guess Fine. this is my definition this of a meme. This is why I have a computer now and not a legal pad. Yes, a legal pad can't answer your questions. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me look official though. Meme, according to Google, an element of culture or a system of behavior that have been considered to be a past from one individual to another by a non-genetic means, especially imitation. All right, so basically it's something you see that's replicated and it can be funny and it's passed around, right? I guess that's what a meme would be. Yeah. So now we have the technical definition for your grandmother. Um, I guess not valuable audio works for your, for your sense. It helps with your joke. It helps getting the joke across, uh, for example, the, the memes that just blast music at the end for the punchline. It's just like totally distorted, but it's funny. It's like yeah. it's an exaggeration. Um, and it helps, I guess, whatever age listener you are understand the joke more like the joke is the distorted audio it helps it helps sell what's on screen it's like anyone can make a thing today and yeah. put it up and whether it goes viral it'll be huge like this is the funny thing is like you can make a complete masterpiece of a film and put it out on the internet and it has it has all of the cinematic value that, say, The Godfather does. Okay. But someone can release a 10-second video of them, like, shitting on their friend's leg, and it could go <laughs> viral and have 10 millions of views. Now, there wasn't an audio guy. There wasn't a, a DP. 
There wasn't a gaffer to make that shit video beautiful. <laughs> Yet it is huge. It's the third part of, I mean, in terms of film, it's the third leg that the movie stands on. Yeah. Um, and I've heard a lot of people say you can have uh, an amazing script, an amazingly shot production, um, but if your sound is weak, then it's like, what's the point? It doesn't give that real life factor into it. Do you have any past influences that helped you hone your craft? Every musician I listen to from. Mm -hmm. Do you have any favorite musicians off the top of your head? I'll say this. In terms of my bass playing, there's definitely a few bassists like that if, if I dissected my my style and my playing, it's like it would be Geezer Butler from Black Sabbath, um, Cliff Burton, who played in Metallica for the f first three records, Jaco Pistorius, who is like he he kind of put bass as a lead instrument in jazz, like on the map in I think it was the 60s and 70s. Man, I guess a huge one that I don't necessarily even think I've ever considered like an influence. It, it is for sure, but like Skywalker Sound. Um, what's his name? George Lucas. <laughs> George Lucas developed technology for filmmaking, pretty much. Cameras, he helped develop Pixar. So these are like, like the top audio mixers and sound engineers in the world um, probably work there. They created Star Wars sound. Mm -hmm. I haven't really thought about personal influences. Um, and then, you know, some, day, some, some months I'll listen to music a lot. Some months I won't listen to music at all. Some months I'll only listen to podcasts. Um, you know, TV is always in the mix there somewhere. Um, and I think a part of it is I don't know if I have any really, like, big influences because I'm so constantly taking in all this stuff, and it's hard to dissect it maybe okay um, valid but i'm definitely definitely influenced by a lot do you think it's important for all mediums to be in conversation i mean i guess this definitely pertains to you because you're a super collaborative person no matter what whether i think it should be or not it will be it's gonna happen anyway um for example if you're a painter you have an art show you have someone interviewing you there with a camera and audio. Someone's going to make that into maybe a documentary. Someone might be making an experimental piece on the art show itself. There might be someone playing music live at the art show. Mm -hmm. It's all sort of the same thing. I don't think that it should be that way. I think that it it is that way. Should we even ask the question, what do you how do you think COVID-19 has changed your art making process? I, I mean, I think, honestly, you've given me more stuff to work on. I've been working a lot yeah. <laughs> because, because of you, <laughs> um, which is great. Not that, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean I've, I've been making a lot of money or anything. But we make nothing, we so make please yes. write reviews, share, comment. If you want to pay us, I'll take it. Me too. It'd be great so we could do this for real and, like, survive by doing this. But, look, I mean, a lot of people make podcasts, um, so whatever. Either it is way, what it is. It is what it is. Either way, what you've been able – what you've helped me with is during this time, I've really been able to sharpen my skills 
as someone recording because I've been recording honestly more than ever mm-hmm. because I haven't really been thinking of it as, from a financial perspective. It's mm-hmm. like I'm constantly battling um, like, oh, I should take this gig because it has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, I shouldn't take this gig because there isn't a lot of money. There's not a lot of value in there. Um, and there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of shit behind that uh, that I'd rather not get into. But what this period has done for me, it, it's helped me sort of, and I'm and I'm extremely blessed to be able to do what I'm doing uh, for a career. Um, I've had a lot of support from my family, which, like, I can't thank them enough. Um, Shout out to the Exting clan. Yes, thank you, mom and dad, as well as my brother and sister. Jamie. I, dig- I digress. Steven. We don't need to name them. Twinses. <laughs> <laughs> this downtime has been able, like, what I've been able to do is just constantly work on uh, recording stuff and theory and planning how to record stuff, like what microphones to use, just different different theory different technique for so that way like when the world starts opening up again um i'll be able to record someone's project better than i was able to before Mm -hmm. i'd say that it's given me a lot of time to work out in terms of audio theory i'm just learning a lot Mm -hmm. um and i'm able to put it into practice because i'm not constantly working on jobs where like my there's no wiggle room right um and this kind of ties into the artistry question. Like, because I'm have because I have so much time to work things out in terms of gear and how to how to use my tools, I've been able to do it more calmly. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to show up to a gig and be like, oh, like what should I do here? How should I do this? It's like I've 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 been able to work on the craft mm-hmm. um, and put it into practice. Thankfully because of you Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> at least during this time frame I often think about what being an artist means especially when I talk to people of different mediums like where do you draw the line of oh you're not an artist because you're a DJ um, I definitely think DJs are artists so I've been thinking about what what is artist like what is this term artist and I've kind of come to the conclusion that it's a lifelong commitment to blank I totally agree with you they're so fucking noisy up there. Um, my sister and my mom just got home. Uh, we're in the basement. In case you forgot. What do you hope to learn from sound? I, I'm kind of interested or becoming more interested in how sound can help heal. You know, it, it's a pretty we- it's, it, it's a It's a crazy psychological thing, audio, or sound in general. Um, it can recall memories. You can hear it in your dreams. Yeah, it's wild. Like, it's just fascinating. Yeah, it has. It's physics. It is. It is physical, even though you know not immediately apparent. Um, it's basically just waves pushing pressure, pushing air molecules around. Um, so I mean, whether you know it or not, you are really affected by audio. Like you're you're really affected by sound and waves. Um, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, try and go to sleep if you're used to sleeping in the city, going right. to the country, mm-hmm. if you're vice versa. Yeah, I think I'm 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 really am interested in how sound affects the brain. I think that's kinda like what I'm I'm learning. I I'm I'm starting to get more into because ultimately that helps me uh design craft. Yeah, design better sound. Like make uh, more pleasurable experiences. Right. 
um, or, you know, (laughs) non-pleasurable. How come you didn't become a musician? Oh, good question. I always struggled with reading music. Um, I can kind of do it. It's not, it's not my strongest skill. My, my ear is my strongest skill, which might actually have led to this as a career. Um, the way I learned how to play instruments was by listening to a song and replicating it. Reading was always like a stressor. I never wanted to do it. Uh, and I think that that kind of steered me away from being a, like a career musician. Um, even though I could probably get by as like a pretty decent bass player in a band. Like if, if all I did was play bass, I'd probably be okay. Um, he's a very decent bass player uh, beyond decent. Thank you. He does our intro music. No, I didn't. (laughs) Yes, I did. It's funny. I was looking in, uh, our, like my fifth grade yearbook and like professional guitar player was like what I wanted to do as a career. Career musician was like. As I got older, also, it was something that seemed to me kind of not super realistic. I guess it's just not something that I really wanted to do. Studio musician would be sweet Mm. to just play on people's tracks. That would be cool. It'd just be really hard. It's a hard life, which is funny because I am currently, you know, I picked this freelance lifestyle, which is like just as hard. (laughs) Except you're not. I mean, you are. I am like traveling around sometimes on the road. Um, but it's not like months and months and months away from home unless you're working on like a feature length film. So yeah. it's, they're pretty close worlds, honestly, now that I think about it. Um, and also music is something that I think is always going to be with me playing music. Like I just love to play instruments, like no matter what they are, I'll play everything. Mm-hmm. As long as it makes it, if it makes a sound, I'm going to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, Ian, thank you so much for being featured on today's podcast, even though you're featured behind the scenes on every single podcast I'm that is really, created. Yeah, most, I mean, it's not like I say a lot, but yeah. You're there. I'm, you're present. I, I am the mix. You are the mixer. I'm, I am the mix. What else? I want more, more questions. You want more questions? More, damn it. Do you hear my stomach? I do. I'm sorry. That's okay. We're probably going to... We're gonna probably, keep this recording. Yeah, we'll eat lunch after this. And we're just gonna eat lunch. So we're gonna wrap this thing up. Hold on. What else can you ask me? I want I want more time. <laughs> I wanna thank Ian Eckstein <laughs> for being featured on today's episode. Thank you, Ian. Thank you for all the sound work that you do for me, not only for this podcast, but for when the wiggle met the giggle and for answering all of my calls and all of my absurd ideas. Um working in collaboration is chill i would have to agree sid thank you for having me at my house (laughs) (laughs) until next time we'll be moving forward who knows how long recording on zoom and phone calls so please don't judge our sound why are you getting so quiet i'm not sure i'm hungry all right we can we can always record these later i'm very hungry bye tip and tell is hosted by sydney williams Cover art by Sydney Williams. Recorded and mixed by me, Ian. Music also by me. Tip and Tell is produced by Kara Yanako and produced and edited by Summer Rosinski. Please follow us wherever you can find us at Tip and Tell. That's T-I-P-N-T-E-L-L.